Thanks for joining us for another God-inspired message from C3 Church Monash. Connect with us online at c3monash.org.au and we hope you enjoy today's message. And uh, I'm very grateful for this team because of panellists here today because they are very, very busy people. They all have young children, they all work full-time and uh, they kindly responded uh, and said, yeah, they'd love to speak into this area. And we are in this series um, on faith at work, looking at how our everyday lives, particularly in the places that we go to work, uh, can be a real context and is the real context for God to outwork His kingdom in us, to outwork His love in us. It's amazing when we hear about some of the things of what the kingdom-shaped life looks like in church and it's like, looks like a lot of patience. And then we get to Monday and that's where it gets to be worked out. It's not in church. It's actually in the grind. It's actually when it's put to test. And this is, this is what it is. And it's a real place that actually God outworks through us, but also where we can bring Him glory. And actually shaping the perspective and the desire of this series together was to do that. Because if we want to be a community that is genuinely connected to Him, to one another which enables true discipleship for us to grow to be more like Him, right? The end result then for us is that we would then reach others with the love we've experienced. And if the only way we can reach others with love is by inviting them to a church service to hear an encouraging message and hope that they make some prayer at the end, we've missed the purpose of the kingdom. But that rather all of you whether you realised it or not, when you said yes to Jesus, you signed up to full-time ministry. You signed up to a way of life that says, Lord, let your kingdom come, your will be done. Which is exciting because Monday to Friday, nine to five, whatever the scope of your work or what it looks like, is the place that God outworks His purpose in you. Which is good, right? Monday-itis is still a real thing for Christians, but it's less of a thing as we get caught up into this reality. So, as uh, Robin, please don't feel like you can't just keep going. Just, just bring things up, push us around. But as he's doing that, try not to be too distracted as I just give some context for today. So, we're talking about work. Faith at work. But let me define work in how I mean it. What we're talking about is employment. What we're talking about is running a business. But what we're also talking about is going to school. Yes, Harlan, that's true. Caring for children, full-time mums, full-time dads, and family. So when we talk through the word work, don't think if you're not in full-time employment, if you're currently unemployed or anything of that space, that somehow this doesn't apply to you. Work is whatever we do with the sense that we're giving glory to God in our day-to-day, okay? And in this, our work is a unique context to outwork the calling of every believer to glorify God and reveal Him through our loving kindness to others actively outworking the prayer of His church for His kingdom to come and His will to be done. 
Good? Very good. All right. Well, panellists, we have Naomi Walton. Welcome her up. We have Stephen Miles. And we have none other than the Mr. Ben Aiken. This is very good. Ben, grab a seat. It is good. Oh, thank you, sir. We're excited for tonight. It will be good. It'll be very good. All right. So I um, was up the back with the sound desk before because I forgot to give them my scriptures, not because I was trying to fix anything. So if you have them, great. If you don't, that's okay because, oh, look at you go. All right, so here's a scripture to help guide our conversations or a couple. Whatever you do, do it enthusiastically as some will think done for the Lord and not for men, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. And then this is in uh, Matthew 5.14, which has kind of guided this series for us. Uh, It says, For you are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men and women, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. Okay, guys, welcome. Tell us who you are and a little bit about yourself and what you do. Ben, why don't we start with you? Sure. Well, I'm Ben. I'm married to the children's pastor. I'm definitely, well, she's definitely the better half. Um, (laughs) I currently work for Department of Foreign Affairs. I'm in work health and safety and uh, that keeps me very busy. Mm. And Ben, can you tell us uh, one thing, one talent we don't know about you yet? Oh, jeez. I don't know, is there? I'm not sure. One talent. One talent. There you go. This is what we're looking for. Please. I can tie a jelly snake in a knot in my mouth. See, these are gifts. These are gifts that seem useless but are useful. I can put a whole lolly snake up my nose. Beautiful. Now, that's useless, but it's great as a party trick, so Absolutely. it's useful. Absolutely. Steve, tell us a bit about yourself. And I'll also ask you the same thing, a, a, right. a, a talent that is hidden and yet to come out. <laughs> uh, my name is Steve Miles. I'm married to Christy, who's over here. We have four small children. And about three or four years ago, not small, uh, one small, one medium, one large. No. Um, I started a technology company branch in Canberra about four years ago called ProEV, part of a national group and now I work in technology, heading the technology for the whole group. So small and job. Smallish, yeah. And, and what's your what's your hidden talent? What's what's uh, something that I don't know. Probably yodeling. Probably most people don't Oh my no. gosh. We uh, w- one I day... don't believe you. You have to show us. That is a lie. I wanna clear the... <laughs> Um Hi Avery. I can juggle. That's that. There you go. It's not nothing, I guess. Again, it's knife it's throwing. Actually, there's one you wouldn't know about. Knife throwing. Yep. Okay. When I was younger, I collected knives and learned how to throw knives. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's good. Good. We'll just check him for knives when he comes to church, which is good. And Naomi. 
Hi. Um, so I do counselling at a uni. Uh, fact check, I don't work full time. I spend my other time with my smallest human and my bigger human goes to school. Um, and one fun fact is I learnt to crochet and I can crochet a mean toy. There you go. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that's a good skill. Yeah, that's very good. Um, you, you work part-time. What's that split look like for you? Like three days at work, two days um, living our best lives, <laughs> whatever we want to do. <laughs> fun. That's good. It's fun. Um, it's, it's an interesting space where more and more both parents are working, if not part-time, full-time. And um, it must be interesting juggling that hat and shifting gears. But... Um, yeah, it's awesome. Well, we're going to get right into this. Uh, let me ask you our, this question. Uh, how does your... If, if work is the place where we can indeed give glory to God, that actually uh, this is not just something we go to make money or to fill our time or to whatever other perspectives we can have, how does this sense on and desire to worship and serve God shape your motive to work and your perspective of work. Steve, I might start with you. I knew you were going to start on me. Um, how does it shape... So starting a new branch right before COVID hit was not easy. Uh, I got to start with a Christian guy, so he and I partnered together. His name is also Steve. And we... Steve squared. Yes. Steve we actually get called that from... But um, we find that... So we start every Monday with prayer. Um, when we were first starting out, we would go and we would spend time in prayer during the day. Um, so it has meant that all of the big things that have happened, even when they start to, you know, things fall apart. We had an issue where the software platform said we were making a significant loss and we took it to God and then they figured out something was wrong and suddenly we we're making a significant profit. So it's, you know, That's stuff awesome. like that. It's You see God working in it and what can crush you doesn't because... Yeah. But you have to remember. You have you, to remember too. I, I like what you said then, you have to remember, because I think sometimes this is what shapes our motive and perspective. And I've found both in my work as a minister, but also previously I was working in social work, you can get so caught up into what you're doing is just work. It's just... And to actively shift and go, actually, how is this actually glorifying and serving God? That actually everything we do according to Colossians, is we should be doing it as if it's for God and it really can help shape our motives. Ben, what do you think into that space? Yeah, definitely. Look, I think I've had a, an interesting journey, I suppose, employment-wise. I've spent most of my working life uh, in organisations where God was a big factor. Mm. Um, so I actually just recently finished working with the church probably 12 months ago. So I used to be employed full-time here at Monash. I'm still grieving, but it's okay. <laughs> Um, and before that, I was, I was in the sport and recreation industry, but working in a company that um, the board of directors were all Christians, mm. uh, a lot of the staff were Christians, and really the, the business was built around a vision that God had given somebody. So um, coming to work with that every day um, is, I suppose, different. It's a different sense, of, it's a different feel. Uh, and I think, too, for us, it was a case of the motive is, um, I suppose, the motive is people, the motive is love. Right. Um, and how that, whatever that looks like in terms of whatever type of work you're doing. So way back in the day, I, um, I, I trade, I suppose you can say. I'm a tennis coach. Um, so I worked a lot with kids and engaging with adults who are learning a skill. And just how you interact with them is different. And how you engage with them is probably different, I suppose, because I knew I was there or we were driving towards a, a vision and a goal that God had. And that was about people and about loving people and about... Uh, just helping them realise their potential and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah. And, and do you find that that sense of re, like looking at work like that, of, of 
been more than just fulfilling the job description. How does that help in terms of motivation, like in terms of when you're feeling, like the, do you sense an active kind of realignment of thinking or is it just something that you kind of drift through or what, what's it look like? Is it active or is it yeah. more just passive? No, look, I, I think again, certainly it's, it's intentional, um, I think is the big thing. So I think for us or for me and the people I was working with, um, you, you come with a mindset mm. that is different to just complete this task, do this job, tick this box kind of thing. Now, we all have those days, absolutely, um, but I think it's a, it's a good space to be able to come back and remind yourself, hang on, there's a bigger picture here. Yeah. Uh, we're not just trying to make a dollar. We're not just trying to um, you know, solve mundane problems or whatever it might be. We actually have a, a bigger picture here. We're being driven by a motive that says it's about people. What's the impact we're going to have on people's lives mm. as a result of them interacting with us yes. through our work? Yes. I love that. Gnomes, what are you th thoughts? Anything to add? Um, I don't think I've ever worked in spaces where faith is actively a part of behind the scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I suppose I wake up every day and invite God into that day and um, it's about what qualities I bring. Um, and sometimes there is meaning in the work Right. And that's wonderful to connect with and um, my faith connects with that. And sometimes the work doesn't have any obvious meaning as part of it, mm. but I do it by bringing joy and wanting to share that joy and wanting to receive joy from people around me too and creating that part of how I invite people to do work alongside and do relationship with. That's that's cool. I like that word meaning. I think um, the, the biggest, I think, cry in some people's lives is particularly when they move from different career spaces or trying to work out working and then suddenly I'm a full-time mum or a full-time dad or does this still have meaning? And I think that's important for our theology. Like I think we, we underestimate the agency and active call God is calling us in his creation and kingdom work. And I think if we get trapped in meaning being around fulfilling a job description, which we should do anyway because that's being faithful, or making money, which we should do anyway because we do need to live, or even fulfilling a, a career goal, right? Like, and that's important, but I think the core of this and I think the thing we want to shift is that perspective around meaning, that this means more than just those things. There's something deeper at work. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I agree. Um... I've often been, because I get to be in a leadership team mm. um, that's shaping some of the culture and things around the work, when I come into that and things are going on that I can tell, you know, it needs to shift a certain direction, I can pray and bring in a biblical principle without saying, you know, here's the reference for it. And people go, oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's true. Mm. That makes sense. And it can shape part of the culture and the direction that the things go. So, yeah, bringing him into... All the decisions, all the tasks, yeah. I remember when we were chatting the other night, one of you had a, a story of that outworked in a sense of like um, someone quoting a scripture and then the genius <laughs> was, of it. That was um, Amy O'Callaghan. Right. She was um, working and I think knew maybe a month into her job and they were sort of going, well, well, we'll go on this path and see where they land and then decide if we back them. And she was like, no, I think we should let our yes be yes and our no be no. If we're going to back them, we'll back them. And if we're not, then say we're not. Don't just wait and see. And they're like, wow, that's profound. Who said that? And she goes, uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Unfiltered, completely. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's true. It is truth is true, right? In business, yeah. in work, in 
church, you don't have to preach the, the reference, the Bible reference. The principles fit everywhere. Right, and that's, that's important, I think, because, again, truth, as you said, is truth, and, and God brings truth. His, his kingdom coming is, in a sense, truth invading falsehood, so that whatever people thought about Jesus, perhaps maybe excluding the religious folk, even if they didn't fully align with what he was talking about in terms of the Father kingdom, what he said, they, they were baffled by his wisdom because it makes sense. And I think this is where, again, as ministers, we're caught up in this call of Jesus to seek first the kingdom, right, and actually to bring in his way. And so moving into that space of being people that bring salt and light, that actually seek to see the kingdom formed both in us but outworked through us, um, how does that sense of I'm not just here as a good follower of God and, and to glorify God, but I'm actually actively working to see his kingdom come and his will be done. Um, not only in the workplaces we're in, but also being, letting it being shaped in us in the context of our workplaces. Ben, what are your thoughts in that, in terms of God's kingdom outworked in us? Yeah, I, I think that's the goal in general as we just walk through life. Now, obviously, we spend so much of our time in our work and whether that's as a, like a stay-at-home mum, full-time mum to kids or in the, in the industry, whatever it might be, that... Um, I think we're meant to carry the kingdom with us wherever we go. Uh, and I think over time, certainly my experience has been working with um, a lot of non-Christians, is that actually it's just about build the relationship. Right. Over time, they develop a sense of, ah, oh, there's something a little bit different about you. Uh, and you might not ever even actually see the result of that. They might not ever talk to you about that. Um, but I remember having a conversation with a friend a little while ago, um, a few years ago now, and we we're talking about another friend that we'd work with, um, someone who'd never had anything to do with church, never been around God or anything like that, was quite a party boy, all that. Um, but this other friend said, no, you actually really changed his perspective of Christians and church. Hmm. And you go, oh, right. I actually didn't necessarily set out to do that. Right. But I suppose if we're looking to carry ourselves in the way that, that Scripture would ask us and Jesus would ask us to, then the hope is we are drawing the kingdom into every situation we come into. Uh, and that ultimately that, that speaks something to people uh, and provides opportunity for, for conversation. And, yeah. I had a friend who was intentionally offensive sometimes. He and I actually got on extremely badly and then extremely well. But um, he would often at work go, that's not very Christian of you. I'm like, <laughs> are you the authority on how a Christian acts? <laughs> right? so, but just starting to challenge some of their, their um, dynamic of what they thought a Christian was, you bring that in and go, oh, this is, you know, and we're still good friends. Right. And, well, yes, go Noves. That sounds fun. That sounds like lovely banter and an invitation to hear from him what he honestly thinks, but you feeling free to say what you think too. <laughs> mm, well, it actually started as more of a very solid disagreement and I was quite clearly in the wrong in my aggressive opinion of him. Oh. <laughs> but we worked through that and um, came out well in the end. Well, I think... Where you even taking just with that thought there, Noam, in terms of um, how we share our beliefs in the workplace, in terms of a relationship dynamic that I think sometimes we think conversion is the goal, but God is a relational God and he wins us through relationship. Um, I think you've got some great insight, um, even what we are talking the other day, around how you've shaped your thinking in terms of not just sharing your beliefs but being willing to hear others. Yes, um I suppose my 
big thing when I'm going to share anything about myself would be I really want to be open to hearing the same from the other person. Yeah. Um, and I've had some beautiful conversations even with a sibling about why they don't believe there is anything out there mm. and really making the space to hear that and why I do believe there is something. Um, and there's actually even in that I think a, a closeness we now have because we've both been really willing to hear each other. Yes. It's, it's genuine, right? You're mm. creating a bridge in a sense that is... And, and, and I think that's building, in a sense, an equity of trust, right? Which is so crucial. I think where sometimes I think in our desire to help bring the kingdom, which means I must preach to this person um, in a very active, if not aggressive sense, is we're not valuing the fact that before anything else, God just loves this person and is into us forming this relationship. And that can create... I've been very conscious in some places that I suppose I go into, whether it's work or other contexts, of like reading the room a bit, being aware of maybe what hurts and other learnings people have had and wanting to hear their story a bit first before I share my story... Um, a bit so there's that relationship and that trust built up um, and the purpose there is to kind of connect with them and both be open to hearing each other rather than coming and saying that and walls coming up. Right. And there's been more conversations I've had with people doing that, I think. Yeah. And I think sometimes people have an expectation in terms of, oh, you're a Christian, I'm expecting... And it's not often positive. Um, Particularly in the areas of judgment, I think we can be... Uh, we feel like it's our calling to be judgmental. Like it's almost like we have to call what's right and wrong as opposed to realising the journey of someone into understanding who is Lord is not a journey of right or wrong. It's who's king, who's actually real in this space and how we can do that. But how, how do you guys navigate that um, in terms of helping people drop their guards beyond... It, for you, Ben, what does that look like in terms of not being judgmental, of being... Yeah, well, I think the first thing is like, there's almost an expectation that Christians are judgmental. And so I think you often come up against that um, if people are aware of your faith, that that's an assumption that that's how you'll respond. So I think, again, it's, it's a great opportunity, you know, sort of like Steve's story, but it's to show someone completely different to what they might think Christianity is about. And that doesn't mean approving of everything someone might be doing or saying or whatever it is, but actually just recognising, no, you're a human and life happens. And you know what? This is part of your situation. And it's maybe it's not great, but I can be here and listen and I can be here and chat to you and it actually doesn't impact how I want to relate with you or the fact that I care for you or anything like that. So, yeah. That's great. I had a situation similar to that. My cousin had we'd, you know, been friends growing up and all of that and he came out that he was gay. So he came and he, he told me one time when I was there and he's just like, so, you know, as a Christian, if you feel like this means you don't, you know, want to have anything to do. And I'm just like, but it makes no difference to me. Our relationship hasn't changed at all. How's, how's that working out for you? And he was like, oh, yeah, okay. And he, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, the expectation of, of judgment and being ostracized or whatever else, you're right, it, it's prevalent, isn't it? it? It's so crucial, and for us as a church community, for us to understand this, because if you've grown up in the context where you have to stand for your rights, you've got to draw in the line in the sand. What that accounts to is not how we treat others, but what we do in our own lives. 
Jesus didn't say, make sure everyone picks up their cross and follows me. He says, you pick up your cross and follow me. And I think that's where we miss. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of coming, it, 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 it never really talks in terms of us expressing judgment or a sense of what must happen. What Jesus said, people will truly know if we're disciples of Christ is the way we love. And if we are to condense that down to what Paul describes as love in Corinthians, he says it's two things. He says a lot of things, but he says a lot of things it's not, but here's the two things it is. Patient and kind. How, how do you find that outworks in the workplace? Is it well received or kindness goes a, lo- a long way, right? There's never a time when you can't uh, portray the fruits of the Spirit right. in your work, right? That's what it says, love, joy, peace. Um, so when you're kind to people, they recognize, oh, this is a kind person. I can talk to them. Um, I can be very uh, task and clear with directions and all that. And actually on Michael Botha's recommendation, I started tidying up, or kinding up some of my emails. And I would start with, I hope this email finds you safe and well. And things like that. Or at the end, just saying, hey, thanks for what you do. You're good at your job. Or, you know, because I'm sending out company-wide emails. And, but people started to recognize and say, hey, thanks. I love getting emails from you. And then somebody who I'd never told that I was a Christian said, hey, going through this and they're struggling with cancer and about to go into treatment. And she said, so if you would please pray, because I know your prayers are powerful. And I'm like, how does she know that? I never said anything like that at all. But... Because the fruits of the Spirit are there, they recognize that God's in this and working. So, Yeah, that's, that's so powerful um, because that is, again, not just the kingdom outworked through our lives, but actually it being shaped in our lives in the context of work. It's actually like work is highlighting, through work God is highlighting things that maybe need to change. Like, does anyone else have an example of that or what God's been doing in terms of just shaping them as a believer? Look, I'm similar in a sense to Steve. Like, I'm probably the task-focused person, a little bit less the, the people person in that <laughs> sense, and those softer skills. Um, but I think that has been a journey for me over time to go, there's nothing wrong with being a task-driven person. It's actually how do I do that, though, in the context of kindness and love, acceptance, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, it comes to that, um, I think we were talking before about, you know, how do you correct a staff member maybe or how do you... Well, you, you still need to do all those things. They all, all those things still apply but you just have to do them with that, that veil of kindness over them. Uh, and for me, that's really been a learning, I suppose, over time, just to try and go, right, same sort of thing. Adjust how you adjust your tone, adjust the words you're using, you know, all that kind of stuff. So Yeah. And, and I think not only um, the tasks that need to happen or the, the shaping of culture that needs to happen, but also the way you've been wired is not a bad thing. Like, direct isn't bad. It's just how we're wired. Um, I'm not direct, and I think sometimes my team would wish I was more direct because it's like guessing where we're going. But, but I think that direction needs to be, again, filtered through that space. But, Gnomes, you're probably different. Yeah, I'm a little bit with you there. <laughs> I, like, I'm not really direct or bold or sharing things really obviously with anything, even the books I read or the music I listen to. So, like, my faith is going to be no different, but it's subtle and it's there and it's constantly with me and how I carry myself. And then there's little quiet pockets to be like, oh, wow, I can connect with you in this way. And um, it just looks a bit different, but it's still lovely. And isn't that, like, 
psychologically speaking. That's kind of the definition of integrity, right? Like there's a sense of sameness. It's, there's this sense of the way you go about is not trying to be this type of Christian or this. You're being you and allowing Christ to work through that. Yeah, I had to do a lot of unlearning of what I thought I should do. Right. Um, like how I should be a bit more loud or I should be a bit more out there. But if that's not naturally who I am, sometimes I will do that and I will, um, you know, be a bit more brave or direct in those areas. But I'm not going to force myself to be a different person to share Jesus. Like I'll share Jesus in my actions. Like the Bible verse you read out before, let your light shine. That's mm. actually one of my favourites and my guiding forces. So I'm intentionally going, how can I be a bit of a light today? Oh, I'd like to just check in on that person. Yeah, I'm going to do that. And it provides a bit of that extra motivation and being intentional and being a bit brave there too. Yeah. What you said before around... Um you felt like maybe, and I've had this too, like I have to shift who I am because that's what's required to share the gospel. Where do you think that comes from? And by way, we're way off script now. So these guys are like, oh, I don't know. Comes from the preacher. He did. Well, I don't, all of the places, all of the little things, yeah. I don't know, being an eldest child, being, <laughs> wanting to people please, like. Right. And just observing other people going, that's fantastic, I want to be like that, but I'm not like that. So having to figure that gap out. I think that's so big because this is, I think, sometimes where we've, and again, friends, we are way off script right now. Follow us if you dare. Um, I think we can really put, let's, call, let's use a word evangelise, right? or share enough, we put it in a box of a certain way it has to happen. And I think the tr trouble there is that some of the reflections people have had is, I've heard this from people, I had a really cool mate and then he became a Christian. And he was different. And now there's a difference that's good. There's a redemption difference, but it's not a full rewiring. And it's actually being comfortable with how God is working through your wiring that I think is just so, so crucial. I think authenticity is... So important right now. I think too, I quite like, you just go back to scripture. Like the disciples were Muppets a lot of the time. <laughs> Peter was, like they didn't change. They sort of still were who they were and that's partly why Jesus chose them for the roles he chose them for. And it's like he doesn't want you to pretend to be something else. Right. He wants you to be authentic. He wants you to be you. And for some people that's going to be upfront, out loud, bold and active. For others it's going to be quite reserved and, um, you know, I think that's okay. But we just want to continue to pursue the path that he has for us and do it with kindness, do it with love, whatever that looks like. I also think part of that learning to do that for others, for me, has been learning to do that for myself. Right. Like that patience and that kindness and that love. So when you ask where does some of that come from, some of it's like a lack of confidence or a lack yeah. of genuine trust that I'm loved and I'm delighted in. <laughs> well, it all flows from that, right? It's, it's, you can only give what you fully have received. Like Jesus said, freely we've received, freely give. If, and I, I found that in my own life too. Like I think that sense of unsurety and the sense of, oh, am I okay? And, and am I, I think allowing that to be settled. And, and how have you found that God outwork that in your life in, in terms of your journey a little bit, like as much as you're willing to share with yeah. that? been beautiful in sending people to love me whether they love him or not <laughs> there's been um a beautiful sense of relationships that i've encountered like friends that i just show so much unconditional love and receiving that's like wow yes <laughs> that um 
yeah, starts to, to rub against that, you know, am I okay or do I need to do things in a certain way? Those patterns that look nice and neat over there but might not fit with just what feels a bit more natural to me. Yes, <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, what about you, Steve, in terms of that sense of finding your true self and, and yeah. being able to then fully express God through that? Yep. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm willing to have the fight, have the argument be very direct and clear and disagree or... Um, but I felt like I shouldn't be that. I shouldn't do that. I should be soft and grace. I can't remember exactly. Christy has a phrase. Um, she has many phrases there. Very good ones. Very good. Something to the effect of um, covering things in grace that aren't unredeemed grace. Oh, I don't know. Shout it out. Unsanctified mercy. Right? Beautiful. So going and saying, oh, it's okay for them to to do the wrong thing or whatever else, or just, you know, mercy on for that and go, that's actually not what God intends or needs for that. No, that's not truth. It's actually untrue. So if he's made me to be direct, I can do it, but also have to do it in love. I have to care about that person, say, no, that's actually not true. That's actually unacceptable behavior. That's, you know, I'm going to disagree with that because I don't think it's right, but if you can do it in a way it's actually done in love, then you can be your genuine, integrated, authentic self um, and still carry what God has for you in the workplace. Wow. Or how you want a parent. <laughs> Please. That's tricky to figure out. Yeah. And sometimes it looks different, but bringing, again, those qualities and, and learning from others and trying different things out. But, yeah, bringing that love into that relationship too. 100%. And, and marriage and all of it, right? Like, you've got to love Sam. He, he's very lovable. He's so lovable, though. Look, and he's playing with his kids. He's not even listening to us. He's just playing Lego. That's good. We, we, we checked some bees yesterday. And um, it was really fun. And I didn't get stung at all. I don't think you got stung at all, did you? And then afterwards, I had a little bit of honey left over in wax. And I put my hand in to get it. And there was a bee in there. And it stung me. <laughs> I was like, oh, I got so far. But anyway, anyway so I'm, I'm off track. Um, it's good. Time check. Yeah, we're, we're almost, we're, we're out of time. Well, let, let, me, let me move us to a close then. Um, is this helping? Some of you are like, no, but that's okay too. It's helping someone, it's helping me. Um, this sense of uh, going with an active sense to work, family, life in general, going with him, going with a sense of doing this to serve and glorify him, going with a sense of actually I'm, I'm going on mission in a sense, I'm going to bring about this reality of his kingdom coming, his will being done. I think also then it lends itself to a different way of seeing his help in our everyday and that, that sense where work becomes a context for us to see our need and dependence on God. And, and it, how does that help you through your day-to-day -day as, as a parent, as an employee, employer? How, how does that help you? Your dependence on God, what does that look like? It's often just turning to him when things are difficult. Right. I mean, starting a company during COVID seems like a bad idea, but it was clear that God had put uh, Steve Benson and I together to do it. And so we never doubted the task that he'd given us, but we also knew there was no way to do it without him. Hmm. Um, 
and the fact like making profit in our first year during COVID is impossible. And so said all of the people in the organization, yet we did because God was in it. So approaching the problems with God, thanking God for the victories, um, walking through the difficult things with him is so much easier when we remember to do it. Yeah, remembering to do it. Ben, do you have any? I just think there's a, um, there's a great sense of assurance um, in knowing that, I don't know, many people myself, like I go to work every day with a massive sense of imposter syndrome. <laughs> what am I doing here? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I do this? So, but there's a, there's a sense of like, well, what I do know is God made the way for this to occur. Right. And so I can be in that space and I might be panicked and I'll be like, you know what, I need to go for a walk. And I'm now in a workplace where there's, there's no other, no, not really many other Christians or believers. So I don't have what I'm used to having where we would just pray as a team or whatever. And it's like, well, okay, you need to do this. Just go for a wander. Pray. Give it back to God. Remember that you might not feel ready for this or whatever, but he's paved the way for you to be here. There must be a plan in this some way, somehow. And so just stay in that. That's great. Names, do you have any thoughts? God is just my sense of constant and support and a place to draw strength from or rest up or <laughs> but just that consistency. That's awesome. It's it's I think that word consistency is so important because what I'm trying to learn to do quicker and this sounds bad from a pastor but I'm trying to pray quicker. And what I mean by that is sometimes I'm not realizing it that I'm still trying to do it in my own strength. Like, I'll be trying to put a message together, and it's just not happening. And I'm, come on, I, my brain's not on. And then my wife reminds me, go and pray. I'm like, no, I can't pray. I don't have time to pray. I'm trying to write a message on prayer. <laughs> I think quickly coming to that realization, and I, I actually think sometimes God, well, actually often I think he does, just lets us sense our need of him. So that we'll respond. What that can be hard in a workplace that probably discourages public acts of prayer and worship. Um, what does it look like practically for you, Ben? Is it is it sneaking out? Is it yeah, in the absolutely. moment praying? Yeah, absolutely. It for... it's, it's get up and go and fill the water bottle again, even if it's not quite empty, or if it's it's I need to just you know I got to how can I do this? Because again, it's it's also in a workplace now where I'm on the floor, I'm, there's people all around. I can't put my head down on the desk and pray kind of thing. But often I am, like I'm sitting there and might be typing away, and I'm going, God, you got to like what are we doing? How's this working? Mm. Um, or get up and go for a walk, go to the bathroom, close the door in the stall, then pray. You know. God help me as I go back out here into this meeting or whatever it might be. So I think that's part of the, you know, we talk about um, your kingdom come, your will be done. Mm. And then later in that prayer, we know this is give us this day our daily bread. Right. And that sense that God doesn't want to necessarily give us bread for the next week or month or right. six months. He actually wants us to come back each day. I'll give you what you need tomorrow, but we'll worry about that tomorrow. And so today is today. I might want to feel you know, the safety or the confidence that I'm good for the next few weeks. But God goes, well, I'd rather you come back and talk to me each day. And then we'll go through it from there. So. That's so good. Yes. That's very good. Any, any final thoughts, friends? No. That's good. You can always call your wife. She always tells me the same thing yours does. I worked on a problem for probably four hours, and she's like, have you prayed about it? God knows how to write computer code. Uh, okay, I, I guess he would. Prayed about it 20 minutes later. It was done after four hours of wrestling. 
Right, and right? That, that again is dependence on God because, again, the other thing God gives us that we don't use enough is each other and the community that we have around us to actually stand with us. And one of the things I think we're going to look at more, more and more next year is, is this idea of formulating relationships and communities that you can be really vulnerable with and pray with and prayer partners and things like this space where we can develop because it's so important, I think, of actively supporting one another and praying for each other. And even in your prayers, congregation, everyone, I don't know why I called you congregation, um, you guys, uh, praying for each other, like thinking about people and actually writing it down and going, I'm going to pray for this person this week. Well, let's finish in prayer. I'm going to get you guys to pray for us if that's okay. And uh, I want to finish with this final quote, actually, um, which has a helpful prayer. And actually, um, Tam, under your bottom or somewhere is a book. Can I, can I steal that? Sorry. If you're interested, I've been reading this. This is really helping in this space. It's called A Good Return by John Lennox. If you want to write that down, if you like reading. A Good Return by John Lennox, a really great book in this space. Um, Biblical Principles for Work, Wealth and Wisdom. And this is what he says. He says, When was the last time you and I went to work with an active sense that the Lord was sending us there? We may do that by pausing at the beginning of each day and praying, Lord, I am off to work now. I believe that you have given me this work for a purpose. Please help me today to learn something of your rule in my life as I seek to do my job righteously and conscientiously. I think that's cool. A sense of praying and being sent. So would you pray for us, whatever's on your heart, and then we'll um, close up the service. Can we thank these guys also? Haven't they done wonderfully well? That's awesome. Did you want all of us to pray or one person? Whoever wants to pray. Go ahead. Oh, I'm up. All right. Father God, we give you thanks uh, for the privilege that it is to work. Uh, Lord, we just recognise how blessed we are, particularly in this nation, to have the work that we do. Father, we thank you for providing us with the spaces, uh, the workplaces that you have. And Lord, we ask and pray for boldness and courage to be who you've called us to be in that space. Father, we ask and pray that we would um, take take the time to, to talk to you, Lord God, throughout our days. When there are problems, when there's challenges, when there are things going on, Lord God, let it be you that we turn to first. And Father, we ask uh, that you would bless our workplaces, that, Lord God, there would be a sense of the kingdom has come because we have walked into those spaces and we're carrying you with us. And we thank you, Father God, for walking with us. We thank you for loving us, no matter how well we do it or don't do it. Uh, And Lord, just asking that you would keep our hearts and our minds open to to growth and to change and to learning um, as we go through our day, as we do our work, Lord God. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. If you have any prayer needs, email prayer at c3monash.org.au or connect with us online.